Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I am your host, Jared, alongside Kristen and Jesse, and this is another fun episode that we got all locked and loaded and ready for you fine folks today. It, we're talking all things movies, and we're uh, we're excited to do so. 2023 is going to be a huge year for Disney and films in general, but um, it's it's an important year, and so that is why we have the guest we have on today. But before I get to that, I want to mention, as I always do, that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels, your Disney vacation planners who can plan and book your entire Disney vacation um, and at no additional cost. I'll go over in more detail about Mickey Travels later on, as I always do. But before we get to our guests, Chris and Jesse, how are you guys doing this week? I know uh, the barges have still not been There's removed from Epcot, so Kristen is, is Kristen's I, pretty upset about it. I know, that. but I feel like I've kind of made my peace with it at this point. Like, it just, it is what it is, you yeah. know? They're there. What am I going to do? At this point, like, I can't anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I walk in and I just fully expect to see them. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I... I I've let it yeah, go. I miss Harmonious. So like I see the barges and I'm like, oh, Harmonious. Where Kristen see the barges and she's like, mm, barges. Um, so, you know, it's all good though. But it's been nice and cool and yeah. breezy, which, hey, that's a plus. So it's been cool. The traffic has been really yeah. bad though. Has anybody else yeah. local noticed yeah. that? Like just, The parks are busy still too. still spring break. Yeah. It's just still. It's yeah. just, it's spring, spring break season. April is a very yeah. busy time in Walt Disney World, so the parks have been jam packed. Entering into yeah. the parks have been crazy, but it's all right. Uh, yeah. it, we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be it. all right. Um, exactly. So let's get into our guest today and our main topic, and that is David Mumpower. David Mumpower has previously been on the Mickey Blog Podcast. He is our first yeah. returning <laughs> guest, which is kind of exciting, and. He was on our second ever episode where we discussed the massive news that was Bob Iger returning as CEO, um, which ended up being our most popular and most listened to episode. So if you ever do want to go back and listen to that, please feel free to do so. But yeah, it was. We just started the podcast and we were just thrown directly (laughs) into the fire of a massive Disney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, figure it out. Good luck. So uh, we we did our best. But anyways, uh, if you didn't listen to that episode or if you didn't watch that episode, David Mumpower has written over 10 million words about Disney over the past decade and is the author of Disney Demystified Volume 1 and 2, as well as Behind the Ride. He's the chief content officer at Mickey Blog and co-host of Streaming Into the Void podcast. He's also someone who's been quoted as a subject matter expert in the film industry, hundreds of times by sources of USA Today, CNN Money, and so forth. He's a Disney fan whose favorite movie is Sword in the Stone, whose favorite ride is Spaceship Earth, and is a massive Epcot fan. We're very excited to have him back on the show. No barges. Team no barge. Yeah. I love it. He's, he's also team no barges. So this is important information for our, our movie episode. But <laughs> either way, welcome back to the yeah. show again, David. We appreciate you for coming yeah. back on. Oh, thank you. It is my pleasure, and I'm really proud of you all for what you're doing. (laughs) I appreciate it. So the last time we had you on, Avatar had not even come out yet, and uh, we we had only had a few. uh, Again, that was only our second episode. So now Avatar is officially the third biggest film in the history of cinemas. It's made over $2.3 billion. Now, did you ever think it would be that big of a film and that big of a smash hit, especially uh, for Disney's sake, now that they do own the rights. So you and I had conversations leading up to that podcast. And one of the things I told you at the time still stands, I would never set the bar of this film has to make $2 billion. That's just insane. When you're asking for that, you're setting something up for failure, which isn't a reasonable thing to do. And one of the things that kills films the most is unreasonable expectations. Having said that, I know all about James Cameron. I know you never bet against James Cameron. Mm -hmm. So it was hilarious to me when he specifically wanted people to know this has to be one of the top five films ever to be profitable. That was him really saying, Oh, you all think I can't, but I'm going to. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, at the end of the day, 
there's just nobody else like him. I mean, he had two of the three most successful films ever, and now he has two of the most three, uh, two of the three I most know. successful films ever, and they're different films. Who can do yeah. that? It is absolutely impossible. And Jared, do you credit? I have to say, you oh called God, this. Yeah. You you were very very confident <laughs> about the film making two billion dollars yeah. when nobody else was. Yeah, I uh, I remember being on that podcast and saying that if it if it drops in China and if it drops as successfully in China as people thought that it could make over two billion, if not more, and it it did drop in China to over two hundred fifty million dollars. But the the interesting thing about that is it didn't even do the numbers that it could have done in China because COVID right. had been ravaging the country at the time. So, so I, I'm, I'm very happy that I called my shot, but I would just say that I, uh, even I didn't expect it to be this big. Um, and now we're seeing Disney really lean into it with, with the announcement that another land experience. is coming out to Disneyland or, or experience. So that's, yeah, that's, the, yeah. that's the word yeah. they keep using experience. I don't know what that yeah. means, but they're saying that it's going to be very equivalent to Pandora, which is to me feels like, okay, well, how where? do you, how do you make an, ex I know where, where, where? <laughs> Bob Iger went out of his way recently to just drop the tidbit. That. We've got more land at Disneyland than anyone realizes, mm -hmm. which is a very, very strange statement to make. And it, it kind of makes you wonder. I, I have learned over the years, don't get my hopes up too much Absolutely. and then be pleasantly surprised rather than disappointed, which is frankly the mistake too many people make, which is why people ran mm -hmm. about Toy Story Land. I think Toy Story Land is absolutely wonderful because I didn't like set it up to this impossible standard. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Pandora. If you're thinking it's going to be every yeah. bit as good as Pandora at Animal Kingdom, you're asking too much. That's probably not going to happen. That was a seven-year project. I mean, it. it yeah. if you want Pandora now, you're going to have to accept it won't be quite as good, mm -hmm. but we'll take anything. And, you know, we were joking about this in a different format. Evil Fire Navi for the next film. How marketable is that? James Cameron That's knows so what sells better than anyone I else. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love Avatar. I'm That's so excited. True. I still have to see the new movie. I'm behind. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it either. I really wanted to. I was so hyped up and ready to go to the movie theater. And it's, then I was like, well, it's out of the movie theaters now. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, this is going to be this is going to be a fun podcast, David. Okay, it's going to be a lot of you and I talking about Disney films, and Kristen and Jesse uh, just doing their best. And it's okay because there's other it. episodes we've I, had I where I'm just sitting Disney there question. listening. Usually, in fact, ready, ready for my not Disney question? All right, so what about like Super Shoot Mario? Away. They are killing it in theaters. What do you think yeah. about that? They already passed Frozen 2's record. Um, what do you do you think it's a concern for Disney? <laughs> yeah. So concern is overstated. I actually think if anything, True. Disney's pretty happy about this turn of events. Records mm -hmm. are made to be broken. And you kind of have that new, you know, yard mark now. You realize what you have to do to beat it. If you actually rewind to the first podcast, one of the things I said at the time, because I knew this was coming, was the next untapped place oh for, yeah we did uh, talk about intellectual that property is the video game industry people so far have yeah people so far have tried it in the wrong ways disney even tried it with prince of persia sands of time but they tried to yeah. make a pirates of the caribbean movie rather than a prince of persia movie what's genius about the super mario movie is they did nothing special to it they just said hey here's some mario kart Here's some Super Smash Brothers. Here is some Super Mario Brothers. You love these things, and we know yep. this because we have had the the best-selling console of all time multiple yep. times, and the reason why was always Mario games. So this is why Disney really should have been looking for that Nintendo license a long time ago, which is one of the things that and yeah. Harry Potter are just two things that and that's me. Disney fans the, just wonder what we were thinking. Yeah, that's like those are the and, only uh, video games I play is made, Super Mario anything. It's the only thing I know how to play. Mm -hmm, so exactly. we got that. They did do Dreamlight mm -hmm. Valley, which I have started to learn, which is fun. But Super Mario's, I mean, it's just it's so easy. You race cars, like mm -hmm. it's fun. And then obviously I Harry think... Potter. I mean, that's fabulous too. I, I go to Universal for Harry Potter. So yeah. I think with Nintendo too, there's such mm, a nostalgic exactly. element to it, which is like so big with, with my age group now, especially I know my kids, we have like one of the little 
uh, Super Nintendo consoles that like came out a couple years ago. They literally now digitally packed every yeah. Super Nintendo game onto this little console. And my kids found it and it was like muscle memory, it coming back to me how to play it. And I haven't touched one of those in 30 years. Yeah. And it really yes. did like the music and the the whole, just the sound of the clicking buttons, you hear it and you're like, oh, so yeah, from a nostalgic standpoint, I can totally see it appealing to my kids, to me, to my husband, yeah. who's a little bit older. Like it just, it spans the generations, which I don't know that a lot. I know Disney in general does do that, but the movies, I, I don't know if that, I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I have the snow in my beard, which means I go back to the original Nintendo. Uh, Some people are N64. Some people are Switch. Some people are GameCube, which I actually think is the best console. Um, But everybody was raised on a generation of Nintendo. And when you have something like that, it's marketable in a very, very easy way. And if you look at a different example of this, there was for a time a lot of complaints about the Sonic movie. They released a trailer for the Sonic movie and yeah. people revolted yeah. because mm-hmm. Sonic looked like a scary rat. He really did. And Paramount right. was like, whoa, 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 we hear you. We'll fix this. And they're fun. They've released two Sonic films that have done yeah. extraordinarily well. They're fun. Video game IP is the next thing. They even poked fun at yeah. that in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie on Disney funny. Plus, the creepy looking yes. Sonic, which I thought was such yeah. a great touch. I was like, yeah. That is a very yeah. ambitious film, too. Disney went with a lot there, you know, with the uh, Who Framed Roger yes, Rabbit stuff. I said the same that. thing. Anyway, <laughs> we, I've got us way off topic. Sorry, go ahead. It was a good tangent. I liked it. But I actually wanted to ask about Marvel. Um, you know, <laughs> Jesse yes. and I are recent Marvel converts because we went on the Marvel Day at Sea Cruise uh, a couple weeks ago. And the last... We're learning. <laughs> I yes, saw the pictures. So You're very fun. lucky. We're learning. We're students. Um, but the last Marvel movie to make, I think, over a million or a billion was Endgame. And that was kind of a while ago now. So do you think, you know, we're talking about Super Mario Brothers. Is there some fatigue with the superhero genre that we're seeing? What are your takes? One of the things I almost said when we were discussing Avatar is when you look at the international box office, it should come with an asterisk. Uh, Generally, you worry about ticket price inflation. I mean, we all know how much things cost now compared to five years ago. That's across the board on everything. Well, when we start talking about international box office, it's the opposite because so many different countries have handled the pandemic so many different ways. A lot of theaters just haven't been open. And some of the ones that have haven't been like the top theaters. So... Disney doesn't, I'll say it like this. I think the Marvel criticism is largely unfair in the regard that, I mean, you know, Multiverse of Madness is an eyelash away from a billion dollars. You know, if if it had made just a touch more, we're not having that specific question. Generally speaking, films like Black, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, they've been excellent. Uh, I like uh, Doctor. Uh, I like Doctor Strange too. I know not everyone does. I like Thor four. It's not perfect, but I like it. Really, what we're oh, all no. doing is we're saying Quantum Mania sucked, and we're bitter about it. That's what this conversation is. And I remember my wife and I when we exited the theater, we were just like, "Wow, Aww. haven't felt like this since Thor: The Dark World." And that's the reality of it. It, it wasn't good Marvel, and we've since you know we've tracked the stories on Marvel blog. There was just a lot of things happening behind the scenes that really hurt the special effects. But Marvel is aware of the problem. They're going to reduce the quantity output to improve the quality, and we'll see what happens next. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is on the horizon. Um, There's a lot of cause for positivity there because it's kind of a full circle thing. You know, on The Mandalorian, you've got Baby Groot, and at some point, Baby Groot's just going to... Excuse me. You've got Grogu, Baby Yoda. At some point, Baby Yoda's just going to be Grogu. You know, Mm. we're going to stop saying it's going to be an adult. But we've seen the same thing with Baby Groot where he was just this little bitty thing in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and then it's since grown and then the holiday special, Teenage Age. They're showing it coming full circle with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 where Groot is a full-fledged adult making mature decisions. Yeah. It's going to be a big, big film. It's a strange situation all around. I don't think there's really any precedent for it, which isn't something I say often, but for James Gunn to be working for the competition in charge of the competition and selling a Disney film at the same time, well, 
That yeah. is definitely something we haven't seen before in cinema. Care. So it's going to be an awkward promotional campaign. Yeah, I think um, I think Quantum Mania was obviously a huge disappointment on Disney's end, a huge disappointment for the fans, a huge disappointment for for really expectations because for for Disney fans and Marvel fans alike, like the film was marketed and hyped up as if it was going to be this massive game changing event. And that's, that's really the issue. I think with a lot of fans with Marvel is they're expecting Avengers Endgame level films every time. And you can't, you can't drop that Avengers Endgame is Avengers Endgame because it's a rare film in that, in that aspect, like not every film is going to be the biggest film you've ever seen. That's what I enjoyed when I went and watched super Mario bros the other night, I was watching it and I was like, this is such a simple little film like it's gonna appeal yes. to families and kids and everybody of all ages it's very simple the story simple but you, not every film needs to be more than that and that's okay yeah. so so quantum mania the term popcorn cinema applies for a reason you want something you don't have to think about you just go to the theater and escape for a while exactly so i did have a question again about animation a little bit um i wanted to talk a little bit about that um so the last few years have been pretty tough for Disney animation. Let's just say say it a little bit how it is. I'm not going to say it's we're in dire need here, but in regards to a lot of films <laughs> who have shifted over, well, a lot of a lot of films shifted over to Disney Plus releases maybe yeah. when they were going to be theatrical. You had Pixar employees who were sort of upset and felt disrespected in some ways that they weren't getting theatrical releases. Um and Lightyear was no nothing else but a box office bomb. I mean, that's just the way it is from a financial perspective. So my question to you, David, is like, what do you think is the answer here to to fixing this? I know there are a few original films coming out this year. We're going to talk about them later. Um, one Disney animated and one Pixar. But there's also, you know, the Disney Plus dilemma. And, and now you got films like Super Mario Bros., which which is by all accounts on track to be one of the highest grossing films ever, literally not animated ever. So there's that. And then you got Pinocchio, which is a completely original animated film winning the Oscar in the same year that Disney released a not so well-received <laughs> Pinocchio film. So this is obviously a very multi-layered issue, but my question for you, David, is like, what do you think is the answer for Disney to sort of fix this sort of animated film dilemma that they're in right now? So I have a contrarian opinion here. I believe the issue is largely overstated, and I'll tell you why. I track Nielsen ratings for my podcast, and I can tell you that if Encanto had gotten the headlines it deserved, people would view it as frozen. They really would. Encanto dominated streaming in a way we've never seen before. It has actually established records that we might not see broken for five wow. or ten years. Wow. Seriously. Encanto was the number one film in streaming for... The body of three and a half months, legitimately, there were like two weeks wow. where it wasn't first, but it just, every every time, a billion minutes of watching for a week after week after week. And people don't know that because we don't track streaming yet the way we do box office. And that's actually why we do the streaming podcast. We want to be ahead of the curve here yeah. and inform people on subjects that other people aren't yet. And so... Even what you said there about Pixar employees being happy, unhappy about what happened, if you go back and read the quotes, a lot of that was clickbait. And what I mean by that is the Pixar people would all say, we don't, we don't like this. We work so hard, but we understand. We don't want to endanger people's uh, safety. So this is the safer way for people to consume products. And mm -hmm. they also did in that time frame, Soul and Luca, two excellent films. Soul Love is an that. absolute masterpiece. Yes. Yeah. So... It really is another one of those just weird asterisks of the pandemic, just like Marvel's box office, that I'm kind of ready to just say, eh, I'm not worried about it. Now, we haven't really seen anything like Super Mario Brothers since, if I want to go all the way back, Shrek 2. Oh, my god! I gosh. mean, this is a rare and profound type of box yeah. office juggernaut. So we can't actually, you know, establish a standard like that. But one of the things we will always discuss with Pixar, with Disney Animation, and with Marvel, is they all face the same problem. When you watch any Pixar movie, you're mentally comparing it to your favorite Pixar movie, whether you realize it or not. If I ask you to name your, your favorite three Pixars, I guarantee you the three of you would all have different titles. Oh, yeah. 
but you would all feel strongly about it because we expect so much from we the do Pixar have a lot of brand. Feelings Similarly, your favorite Disney animated movies. We actually were talking about this on Mickey Blog Slack the other day, and somebody else said Sword in the Stone, and I was like, whoa, nobody else <laughs> ever that. says Sword in the Stone. Yeah. It is yeah. so rare. And we're talking about the same thing now with Disney animation, where if Super Mario Brothers comes out and does terrific box office, if Sing or Sing 2 does terrific box office, for whatever reason, people want to judge that against Disney. No, we're judging Disney against Disney, and the reality is... Strange World wasn't up to snuff for most people. And that happens sometimes. We saw it with Treasure Planet. We go back a long time. We saw it with Black Cauldron. And I can tell you, I was around for those headlines. People were convinced Disney was dead mm-hmm. in the 80s. Wow. I remember that. And what happened is it directly led yep. to The Little Mermaid and the ascension yep. of Disney animation because they took it personally and they locked down and they made better quality movies mm-hmm. because of it. So I hear all this criticism and I'm smiling inside thinking, yeah, I keep telling them they can't. Fantastic. Yeah. Fuel yeah. them. That's so crazy. And then Disney has like a big summer coming up. What do you think they need Mm -hmm. to do in order to make it a big success? I mean, talking about the past now, about what about the future? Disney has won the box office crown something crazy like six straight years. And nobody ever talks about that because it's just a foregone conclusion that Disney's going to win. Yeah, right. This year, there is a slight bit of uncertainty because there's some strange things happening here. You know, Universal has that. There's a Mission Impossible film actually set in space and filmed in space coming out that's crazy so you know there's all kinds of crazy things like that you know if you've seen the tom cruise video he's literally jumping off a cliff while people look on an hour going did i just kill tom cruise Wait, what? that's a real film mm, it's true we keep setting these new standards and then we have to beat them and at some point you just wonder what's going to happen yeah I have a lot of confidence in Little Mermaid. I'm actually curious to hear. What do you all think about Little Mermaid? Are you as excited about it as you normally would be for a Disney film? I'm not. Um, no? Really? Um, I Okay, so I'm not a fan of live action, yeah. though, which we already know. I love animated. I love Pixar animated. So for me, live action has never really been... I, I like Ariel as an animated figure personally yeah i'm not a big fan of the live action either but my daughter who's eight is a big ariel stan um that that movie (laughs) she's got on kind of constant replay and um we have a lot of ariel paraphernalia so like i'm excited for that aspect of it and i am incredibly excited with their casting choice because i just feel like their needs to be more of that in the industry. So I'm very thrilled for a whole generation of little girls to see themselves in her. So like, again, me personally, I'm with Jesse. I'm not a big like live action Disney. I haven't really seen many of them. The ones I have, I'm always like, okay, it was all right. right." Like it just made me want to watch the animated version. But like the, the mom and, you know, the woman in me is like jazzed for this generation of little girls and my daughter who gets to know who gets to see it so yeah that's cute i think the fact that they brought back the exact same um i'm sorry i'm forgetting his name but the exact same uh composer and musical creator from the animated film to partner alongside lin-manuel miranda who is a uh you know a now film music legend in his own right um I think the music's going to be astounding. I think a lot of the visuals look gorgeous, but I have to agree. We were actually going to ask you a question about live action later on, but like, I just don't, I'm not a huge fan of them, frankly, so far. Um, Almost none of them have really like stuck home for me. I think they're great box office films and they're great for families and all that. And I'm happy they're entertaining for families and and people like, I'm not going to, speak ill on it that way. I just think that we're capable, Disney is capable of much more original and and better content than the live action. So yeah. I, I and I and I'm curious to see how it works. I think it's hilarious seeing fans' reactions to the mm. trailers where they're like, my God, the crab looks like a crab. Like how it's a live action film. Like, like crab. What, what did you what did you think was gonna happen? Did you think the crab wasn't gonna look like a crab? Like what are we doing here? It's the same thing with the seagull. Like, come on, guys. Like so that's that yeah. always but you know, I'm I'm all over social media and constantly looking at fan reactions to things and 
that, don't do that. that for your own it's, health. It's not, that. it's not a smart thing to do. So David, let me, let me ask you this, but before I do ask you this next question, I am going to pause and uh, talk about our uh, sponsor as I always do. And that is Mickey Travels. So this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And as we always like to discuss, they truly are your best option for helping plan your next Disney trip. Uh, It costs nothing extra to book through them and they are total experts who can help plan everything, book everything, and make your trip as magical as possible. So definitely check out Mickey Travels today. But David, I wanted to shift gears and ask you a little bit more in depth about this summer slate because we're coming up on a summer that involves obviously Guardians of the Galaxy. We talked a little bit about The Little Mermaid, Elemental, which is an original Pixar film, which many people are excited for, Indiana Jones 5, Haunted Mansion. There's there's a pretty legitimate slate here that Disney has. Um, I guess my question for you is which of these films do you think will be the biggest film or biggest hit at the box office? And uh, secondly, what do you think is, I would say, most important um, for from Disney's perspective for it to be a big hit? So the biggest box office hit thing is always relative. I mean, production budgets always matter so much. Like for a random example, it's very not Disney. Cocaine Bear, massive hit because it costs $5 to make. Yeah. And, you know, people want to see it because of the title alone. Yeah. So when we're just talking about these things, Little Mermaid, if you look at the track record of the various films, I think Snow White is probably, nope. I think Cinderella is probably the closest analog, which was a very, very good film people liked. And it did very solid box office. That's kind of the expectation I have here. And I feel like in some ways controversy helps. And I feel like there's just so much video we haven't seen yet, but I I think you all have seen it. The little girl at the Disney theme park seeing Halle Bailey and just losing her mind. That is Disney magic personified. It really is. And we're only scratching the surface of that right now, but it's just going to happen more and more after the release occurs. Mm -hmm. And then we get to Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy actually comes out first, but I feel very, very strongly that people want to see how this ends. And then quality will determine the the rest of it. And I always say that because, you know, Marvel faces a thing now where if the film isn't great, people just slander it and slander it and slander it. And it, it gets tired, but... I have a great deal of confidence that they've gotten this one right. I'm a little more nervous about the Marvels, which we'll get to, but that's my wheelhouse. Um, and then, Jared, I know that you and I talked about this last time because you have the poster right there. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Doll of Destiny. Um, last Crusade is legitimately one of my 25 favorite films ever, which doesn't sound like a big deal until you realize I've probably seen 20,000 movies legitimately. <laughs> so if something is in that echelon, I'm passionate about it. It's a perfect film. It really is. Yeah. And I didn't hate the fourth one the way a lot of people did, but I, I acknowledge the fact it's imperfect. This looks like they have gotten everything right. And every little piece of that trailer does something I find incredibly clever. And that's in every scene he's demonstrated as a relic. He's riding a horse in a train station. He's pulling out his whip and people have 75 guns pointed at him. That sort of thing right there just shows he is a man past his time. And he has to make terms, uh, come to terms with that as he tries to help someone he likes and everything I've heard from behind the scenes of this project sounds like it's just a grand slam. And Harrison Ford just seems like it is the film he wanted to make. And I think that the nostalgia factor here has a potential to be incredibly high. Yeah. I would, uh, Gerald, actually, Jared, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah. So I, I'm sorry to jump in here, Kristen and Jesse. I'll give you guys By a future. By all means. You, Talk you guys about are, Indiana Jones. You guys got, I promise you, you guys you got have this. plenty of episodes where I'll be mute. But all I can say is that I I think, again, if I could call my shot again, David, um, because I was right about Avatar, 
I will say, I think this film is not only going to make a billion dollars, but it's going to be this year's version of Top Gun Maverick. And what I mean by that is it's going to surprise so many people with how much money it's making because it, it truly does play to multiple age ranges, multiple different groups. You can bring your family to Indiana Jones 5. You can bring your grandparents. You can bring your aunt, your uncle, your dad, whatever. There's generations who grew up with with the original Indiana Jones films, but there's another generations whose kids were shown those films, like me. I would, my dad showed me the Indiana Jones films, and I have a, you know, not to dive into this, I have a complicated relationship with my father, but those memories of watching the Indiana Jones films with him, you know, they I look back on them very fondly, um, and that's the magic of movies. So... I think Indiana Jones 5 could not just be wildly successful. It's playing at a very similar time that Top Gun Maverick did last year. It can run through the summer very, very successfully. And James Mangold is one of those directors I hold in a very rare high regard where I think everything he touches is pretty much gold. And he has the evidence to back that up recently. So uh, you can imagine when it was announced that he's making a Star Wars film that I was very excited about that. But uh, he's just, he's an incredible director. His last few films, Ford vs. Ferrari, was fantastic. You know, obviously, if you're a comic book fan, Logan was fantastic. So there's really nothing from an evidence perspective that makes me think this is not just going to be a smash hit. However, very large budget. Uh, Every outlet is reporting, you know, over $250 million budget which is a very, very large amount of money that yeah. Disney is investing and they're going to need to make a large amount back to make that worth everybody's while. So, so yeah, that's, those are, those are my sporadic thoughts on that, David, but I will say I'm excited to shift things over to Kristen because I know she is uh, quite the haunted mansion fan. So I know she's going to want to talk about this and ask you about yeah, this Yeah, I do have a question. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of hype about it already. They released that little teaser trailer. The cast looks phenomenal if it's successful do you think that they're going to kind of go back to this attraction movie idea i know they dabbled in it back a ways you know obviously parts yeah. of the caribbean was successful but i mean there was a haunted mansion movie there is a country bears movie out there doing doing whatever it is it's doing <laughs> do you think they'll... <laughs> no there's not no there's is not is it canon i don't know <laughs> but like do you think they'll revisit it and revisit it in like a serious way First of all, you are my wife's people. I just glanced over the bookshelf and I counted more than 30 items and I stopped counting to pay more attention to you. That, that is not a joke. I am looking at a bride with an axe right now yes. and I'm actually thinking I should sleep with one eye open at night. Um, Love it. Haunted Mansion, the 2003 film, I actually wrote about this. One of the producers of that film is a dear friend of mine. And that production just, it didn't go right from the start. And sometimes that happens in films where you show up and on day one, you realize, oh, this is going to be really bad. And I can tell you from, you know, speaking with Hollywood people for 25 years now, when that happens, there's maybe 25 cases where somebody turned it around after that. Almost every time, I mean, 99% of the time, it's a disaster. So High Mansion disappointed me. um, Me too. And... I really like Eddie Murphy. He was just not right in the role. Um, the idea they had just didn't work for what they wrote. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. This looks perfect. There is a scene where they're all uh, standing in a small room together. And every one of them gets a line of dialogue that is slightly funnier than the last line. And as a writer, I know how hard that is. I mean, that is a masterful accomplishment. And so I believe that they have the tone right here. Me too. And that they have recognized what a haunted mansion movie should be. It took them 20 years, but they've got it now. And if it works, I have to believe that this is more of what's coming. Uh, Bob Chappick, I know that he's anathema to say out loud, but Bob Chappick referred to the flywheel, (laughs) which is Disney movies are kind of the basis and they feed everything else. They feed the merchandise, they feed the attractions and whatnot. It can work the other way. And with Pirates of the Caribbean, it certainly did. Not so much with Country Bears, as you point out. Um, We already knew, because of unpleasantness, that Olivia Watt, nope, that Scarlett Johansson, sorry, I'm thinking about the different projects, Scarlett Johansson was going to direct a Tower of Terror movie. And then all that thing happened with Chappick. 
And then afterward, they kissed and made up, and she said she was still going to work on it. What I fully expect there is at some point she's going to politely drop out of the project. Disney's going to send her a big check, and somebody else is going to do it. I fully believe Haunted Mansion will do well, and I also believe that in order to feed the content machine, Disney is going to start doing a lot more of this, which leads to the speculation of, you know, what would come next? And I'm curious, you know, what what you think. What would be attractions you think would lend themselves well to Disney movies? Well, let me just say this real quick before Kristen and Jesse answer that. You are definitely talking to the right people. We did an episode where we ranked all of our favorite uh, Walt Disney World attractions, and both (laughs) Jesse and Kristen had Haunted Mansion number one on their list. So these are very big Haunted Mansion fans. But but yeah, uh, I think that's an amazing question, and I don't want to answer it first because I want to think about it for a second. So go ahead. Kristen and Jesse, you got it. I also have to think about that. Oh my God. Okay. So I do, I love attractions and I love movies based off of attractions. So I am super excited for the Haunted Mansion one because hello, it's like a spooky attraction. Give me a spooky movie to go with the spooky attraction. Um, Tower of Terror. Like, yes, please give that to me too. Because again, spooky attraction, spooky movie. Like I'm there for it. That would be phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to think of like another fun one that would be not spooky, but yeah, I don't just know. Different. I can't really think of any mm. that they have. I'm sure people are going to at me. I can't think of one. I know they did like a Jungle Cruise one. You know, they did that. But yeah, it I was never. Good. It was I- fine. All right, guys. Fine. I'll take over. All right. So Expedition. Everest, oh, yeah. That would be a good all, one. Could be an incredible film. I think that not only could be an incredible adventure yes. type of film. But uh, one, you could have some sort of undercutting jokes about the Yeti actually moving, um, you know. Or moder- Matterhorn bobsleds or both yeah. is what I really I like about that Matterhorn. Concept. I also really like the idea of a Big Thunder Mountain mm-hmm. uh, movie because they haven't done too many like modern westerns. At least Disney hasn't dabbled too much in that. And I do think that could be really fun because there's a lot of like – what I love about Big Thunder, the last time I went on it, actually, I was I was just there for like a random night with my wife, as you do when you live close to Disney World. And I was walking through the queue and I was like, can we just mm-hmm. slow down for a second and just like appreciate this queue for a second? Because the queue of Big Thunder is really cool and how they built it and everything. And when you're a theme park fan or a theme park nerd, like the four of us really are, then you, you come to appreciate details in like a theme park ride queue or a pre-show there's a little things that make a huge difference when it comes to an attraction like haunted mansion many consider it to be a perfect attraction not just because of the ride itself it's because you're getting on and you're seeing these graves and you're seeing the you know the and then the pre-show and the announcements and the ghost hosts and the story and the stretching room like it's it's a full experience so i think there's a lot you can do with big thunder mountain that they that they could really throw in there. And same thing with Expedition Everest. I, I, again, another cue that I don't think enough people appreciate when you're walking through Expedition Everest, there is a whole story there. Yeah, there's, there's there people, there's things going on. There's the big Yeti foot fossil and all these things happening. Like it's, it's cool. So those are, those are a few ideas I had, but did it, did any others come to mind, Chris and no, Jesse, or are you still so I like it? I have a spinoff of like a Snow White. So, I mean, we have, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which is just a fun roller coaster. And you see, you know, they're in making their minds and blah, blah, blah. But then in Disneyland, the Snow White ride is kind of creepy. And when I went to Disneyland, I was like, what is this? And I had so much more of an appreciation for Snow White after I got mm-hmm. off that ride. So a spinoff movie on the creepier side of it would be really fun. I will say this, okay? Now, hear, listen to me. Hear, hear me out. <laughs> hear, um, hearing you out. So you know how Saving Mr. Banks, that told the story, obviously, of you know the telling of uh, Mary Poppins and everything yeah. like that. I've always thought while going on Carousel of Progress that there should be a movie made about that. Yeah. Because that not only the show was so revolutionary mm-hmm. for its time, debuting at the World's Fair and everything like that, but the fact that it still is here, like – watching Walt go through the process of having that made. And then you could have like an ending scene, like of people in today's world still going on that attraction, you know, decades after Walt Disney passed away. I just think that's, that's more of like a a live action idea of like the making of the ride, but there's a lot of things they can do. I mean, and I do think 
the movie is successful, we're going to see more. We're going to see lots more. So, David, uh, since you're our guest. Let me go ahead and finish that thought, if you wouldn't No, mind. go ahead. We do know some stuff Disney has previously announced that they haven't talked about lately yet. But uh, are you familiar with the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, all of you? I'm yep. not. All right. Two out of three. Uh, so some of the Disney rides very quietly connect to the Society of Adventures and Explorers. There was supposedly going to be a Disney ride attraction universe that was going to be populating titles on Disney+. Mm. Plus. We haven't heard about that lately, but it does pull together some really unique rides, like uh, not just our Tower of Terror, but some of the other rides like it uh, in other uh, Disney's across yeah, the world. Cool. And if you start looking at the possibilities there, that could be some really, really good stuff where characters we've already seen, like the Jungle Cruise movie you didn't necessarily like, but characters like that could appear in other places and they could start connecting into a Disney-verse. Yeah. And I think that that is something we're going to see. And as for Big Thunder Mountain, you mentioned that. That was actually what my wife said when she saw the question. And I thought, well, all right, that takes me back Western. because – the first film I ever saw in theaters was the apple dumpling gang, which was a Disney film. And it is kind of that premise, <laughs> but we have a slightly more modern equivalent, which is Shanghai noon, which is kind of that same thing where you do like a steampunk Western concept and big thunder mountain works because you can add the SEA ties to it mm -hmm. and you can start building your Disney universe yeah. from there. <laughs> Gosh, cool. that, we're going to have so many cinematic universes, David. <laughs> I, it's just everything's going to be a cinematic universe. They're already talking about that with Super Mario Bros. And I saw yeah. one of the comments, yeah. one of the popular like quote tweets, someone was like, why does everything have to be a cinematic universe? So it, it's fascinating. Yeah, that's where the money <laughs> is. It's true. Everything <laughs> connecting, things connecting and sequels and prequels. And it's just the way of the world. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other one we didn't talk about was Elemental. I mean, I'm so excited for Elemental, the classic Pixar original film. Like, it's coming back. Like, I don't know. Do you think they needed this? Um, what do you What do you feel about it? That is the classic Shakespearean tale. They come from different worlds, yeah. even though it happens to be the same world, and they literally can't be together because one is fire and one is water. I know. And it, it is going to be something where I am confident in the animation. There was a thing when Pixar was discussing the hardest things to do. Uh, water was always the hardest wow. and fire was always top three. So this is kind of a, a flex and also a test of skill. And I think the most important thing about Elemental is the story has to be good. But I also think that when you just look at it from – the meta perspective, it has some inside out traits that I think can be very, very positive for it. Uh, I'm extremely hopeful for that one. Me too. I'm really excited about them. And inside out, I mean, that was that's in my top two Pixar films. Um, so I I can't wait. The second I saw the trailer, I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And I was like pulling it up, showing my fiance, sending it to my friends, sending it to my family. Um, it looks so fun. I can't wait for that one. I mean, star-crossed lovers, that's the concept that always makes money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a family film in the middle of the summer, too. Uh, yeah. It's going gonna, it's, it's to be hard to not do well. But then again, many people thought Lightyear was going to crush it last year at the box office, and it, in yeah. fact, did not. So you never know. Box office is just weird right now. The reality is we, we have something we've never seen before where – the top films dominate everything and the smaller films just don't do well. Yeah. So it, it really is a feast or famine type of box office now. Mm. True. I know. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Say. So we, uh, we were going to discuss a little bit about sequels um, because the, the announcement recently, Bob Iger came out, sort of touched on that, but um but yeah, so so what what are your thoughts on the announcement that came with a lot of that? Whether it was uh, Toy Story five, uh, Toy Story is my favorite Pixar film, and even I'm not excited about that. <laughs> and then you got Zootopia, Zootopia two, and and Frozen three. Um, so so Bob Iger basically set an expectation that we can be seeing some more of these sequels going forward. Um, I guess my question is like. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that's a bigger indication on 
perhaps maybe some of their original content not performing to the level that they wanted and and maybe going back to sequels because sequels work let's let's be honest and pretty much every single disney pixar sequel that has been released in the last 15 to 20 years has been a a hit almost every single one of them so it's it's hard not for them to be like hey let's go make another billion dollars let's let's do it People so. love the characters. It's hard to be like, I'm not going to see the second, third, fourth, fifth movie. Like, I love those characters. I need to see what they're involved in. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think to a certain point, you could question the necessity of Toy Story 4. But yeah. I, and I know this is a contrarian opinion again, but I liked it more than Toy Story 3. I thought the Duck and Bunny were just <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Bust out loud. Hilarious. I can read Jared's yeah, face so do. well. Yeah, I mean, we own every piece of... D- <laughs> I know. I thought we were going to be friends, David. But yeah, continue. I like the fourth one better, too. And I also am a huge Forky fan. I just... He was so funny to me. Duck and Bunny, they yes. were great. I, I didn't think they needed we a fourth. all that merchandise. I mean, not even joking. All of it. And that's, that's the explanation for it. Look, I have spent literally half my life answering the same question, and it hasn't changed. It's knowns versus unknowns. When you build a new intellectual property, you are taking such a massive risk because you know you're going to have to spend so much money on marketing it. You're going to have to teach people, well, you don't know what a minion is. So, and this is a real thing that happened back in the day. They put it in newspaper Best Buy sales circulars so that people would familiarize themselves with minions at a time where that was a successful ploy. Now people go, what's a newspaper? But this is the type of approach you have to take (laughs) to establish brands. You have to find where the target audience is and you have to attack them aggressively when you're doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Conversely, when you say new Toy Story film, everybody goes, oh, I know Toy Story. Well, I might be interested in a new Toy Story film if it looks good. We can talk against that all we want. And, you know, as someone who writes a lot of original content, I I know that it's the bane of my existence when, you know, I have to go back to something. But when you go back to something, it's more likely to do well. Mm. And what Iger is doing is he is focusing on the bottom line in a way that will still satisfy Disney fans. And let's just take a moment to appreciate Bob Iger's four months on the job thus far, nothing short of myth and legend. He is reset the ship and we're no longer headed for the iceberg. And one of the things he's done is he said with the Disney schedule, I'm fine with the unknowns, but we're going to load the schedule now with more knowns. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure that if we do a strange world, we're not going to also have a light year. We're going to have something that we're sure will sell some so that we have a confidence in our product and in our bottom line for this, this annual fiscal uh, report. And that, that's not sexy, and a lot of people don't like it, but it makes the best business sense. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. I no, get it. I, it is definitely commercialism over art. <laughs> and the thing is, is there are fans out there. Like, for me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And yeah. so there's certain Star Wars fans that I've met, creators that I've met, and people in this industry that I've met that – Every time a new Star Wars project gets announced, they, they have something negative to say about it or they're upset about it because there's another thing and they're milking this brand dry and know that we need to stop. There's other people like me, call me a homer, call me excited, whatever. Every single time I see a new trailer for a new Star Wars project, I'm like, amazing, more Star Wars. Like, you know, it's not that deep. It's it, it, in my opinion, and it's kind of exciting when you get more projects of something you love. So there are the super fans out there, and I know there are some major super fans of Frozen. There are some major oh, yeah. super fans of Toy Story. So of course they're gonna they're gonna think, well, Toy Story three and Toy Story four both made a billion dollars. Frozen and Frozen two both made a billion dollars. So in their mind, they're thinking, guys. Uh, does everybody want another billion dollars? <laughs> like it feels exactly. like a really no brainer. So whether yeah. you like it or not, that's, that's where, yeah. that's where they stand. You know? I mean, like, I, was, and I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, and you know, you can look at this another way. If it hadn't been frozen three, it would have been live action frozen because that's what'll be next yeah. after frozen. <laughs> three. They made the same choice with Moana. We want to do Moana 2? No, I think that story is running its course for now. Well, you know, Rock's still in amazing shape. Why don't we just have him dress up like actual, you know, Maui? Let's put a giant wig on him. And I can tell you from looking at the data, Moana is 
legitimately right there with yeah. Frozen for Disney's most popular property in the last mm. 15 years. It is stunning it is. what the metrics say for Moana. Like, I, I look at it and I'm like, boy, I thought I was the only one, and I'm obviously oh, not because yeah. I love that soundtrack. That, that soundtrack amazing. is just spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to say what it's crazy, but for the last 15 years, the internet has troubled you, tried to warn you not to do. It's okay to love what you love, folks. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the whole Disney fans face this the most of anyone, and it is the same. They're like people who are accusatory. Why do you like this thing? You're an adult. No. Because it's what I like. Yeah. Period. No That's way. okay. And, you know, we, we had this conversation last time. I, I don't like Star Wars, which is totally is. fine. I but I love watching people find their passions. And that's one of those things where it's just wonderful to unfold. And that's why as uh, I, I've evolved on this position from where I was 20 years ago, where I used to be like, oh, why don't you like that? And now it's like, good for yeah, you for true. figuring out what you like, yeah. you know? I haven't evolved there yet, David. When I just heard you don't like Star Wars and you told me you like Toy Story 4 more than Toy Story 3, I, a little part I of my Jared soul had a stroke. broke and shattered <laughs> and, and and we're going to move on. No, I'm just kidding. It, I had a, Hold on. Hold on. I had a friend once who told me when he found out I didn't really like uh, Empire Strikes Back, he told me, I want to punch you in the kidney. <laughs> so, you know, it's not – you're not the first. <laughs> no. It, it, well, that's the thing that like I – I say this almost every episode to Kristen and Jesse. My favorite part of the Disney parks is that there's yeah. something for everybody. There is. You know, it, that's that's what Walt's original mission was. It's it's something for kids. You know, that's why his whole phrase said, whether you're six or 93, like that. that's the whole point is there's supposed to be something for all ages and for everybody. And film is supposed to be the same way. It's supposed to be subjective. You know, you can't tell me, you could watch a film that I personally despise and I think is horrible in every which way imaginable. I'm not going to give any names because I don't want to offend a few of our listeners. But I'm just <laughs> saying I. you could or, – or you guys. <laughs> you could watch a film. But that who's to say someone else – it's not their favorite film on the planet. And who am I to tell them that they're wrong? You know, everybody has their own opinions on things yeah. and that is perfectly fine. So, David, even though we might not be able to hang out anymore because you don't <laughs> like Star Wars – we're going to move on past this issue. It's not personal, gonna, David. He just can't be okay. out anymore. It's totally fine, but, you know. <laughs> You're a straight line there. You've got, you know, Marvel and Indiana Jones. We're That's cool. true. That's That's true. We, we, got, we got a few other things. I know. Exactly. We're good. Let's talk about the Marvels a little bit. David, I know you were excited about that. And then we also have Wish coming out towards the end of the year. What about those two? What do you think? Wish is pretty much the de facto next Frozen, and yeah. I don't want to set expectations too high, but it is one of the two directors of the Frozen franchise who is doing this new project where there is a place that makes wishes come true. Sounds amazing. And I honestly can't think of a better, just basic Disney concept for a film than that it it embodies everything disney wants and if it's good and i'm gonna you know i'm an optimist by nature i'm gonna assume this we're gonna see it so much at the parks we're gonna see it so much at the parks because you can integrate that concept so many different ways and i want to go there i want to go to somewhere where i just make wishes all the time grab a wish hear me out real quick uh (laughs) Because I know a way to make Kristen just cry really hard in a movie theater. Oh, if, no. If they bring out, you know, the original song from the Wishes fireworks show oh, into yeah, this I film. Stand a I, I, <laughs> I just think if there's ever a way to bring up like a previous original song back, then, yeah. you know, the whole, the whole, and all your wishes will come true. They've used that, you know, that, that Kristen so and I are things. huge I wishes mean, fans. So yeah, it, ha- it would be awesome if they did. Cause they use it in Disneyland for remember <laughs> dreams come true. Like they, they've trotted that tune out now yeah. mm-hmm. for many a thing. So, I mean, yes, I am also a huge wishes fan. I have a whole album on my phone. Yeah, I have the soundtrack okay. too on my phone. Look, I don't I, listen not, to it on my way to parks. Look, I don't know why anybody. No, not at all. I accept Ever. that Disney is always going to move forward with this stuff. And, and I get that. But it still feels wrong for me when a Disney night doesn't end with me hearing wishes. I, at the I agree. Same. It absolutely does. I just six different nights just went through my head. Yeah. When you said that. Mm. So, yeah. No, it's 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 a nostalgia thing and I get it. There's going to be different generations who fall in love and appreciate certain fireworks shows. But for me, growing up, 
that's mm-hmm. how we always ended our trips, our, our nights. And I grew up watching that show with my mom and my four siblings. Now we're all older. My little sister's traveling Europe right now. My older sister has her first baby. I, you know, my youngest sister is, it just picked her college. Like it's one of those things where now I don't, I don't see my siblings all that often. We don't get together, but those memories, those times you have, they don't go away. They stay with you. And we'll, all five of us sitting down on that Tomorrowland bridge and looking up and listening to that soundtrack. It's, it's what makes these parks so special in in my opinion. And so I think if there's a, if there's a, you know, if there's a Disney producer listening right now, um, put, put, put that song in the movie. And I guarantee you a large group of fans will be very excited. Even putting it in like a trailer. He would be like, <laughs> I say that all the time. Like it's so easy. Well, I'm totally off topic now, and I do apologize. But it's so easy to make Disney fans happy. Like just a little peppering in of some of the things that we grew up with. You know, like just the, the music, or throw Figment in something, or like yeah, just little little Easter nostalgic eggs, Easter yeah. eggs. Done. Take my money. I'm there. I'm ready for you. Where do I sign the check over to? Just Don't bring fine. Figment into this. Yeah, you are my so people. Listen, yes. Disney, make us happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um how about the marvels so me and Kristen learning. again still learning so please enlighten us <laughs> this one is very very challenging for me and i also have to be careful here because i also often know plot points way ahead of other people oh, no, don't spoil uh, actually, anything. I, I do content for marvel blog and so that's kind of part of my job yeah. um what, what i'll say is this is a three-person story with ms marvel Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau, and I love all three of those characters. Uh, WandaVision's pretty much I love WandaVision. for me. I mean, that is just like mm-hmm. as good as it gets. And they're basically doing direct sequels to WandaVision and Ms. Marvel with this, and I, I really want to see where they go for it. I will say, some people believe it is not in the best shape, and that there are reshoots occurring to save the project, mm-hmm. but that's that's a part of the business yeah. in Hollywood. So I'm trying not to read too much into that. I just don't see how this one can fail. And I think that there is cultural significance to it for any number of reasons. And, you know, Jared, you asked me a question the other day on Slack, and I'm sure I surprised you with my answer that right now my favorite Disney character really might be Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. I, I just think that is one of the most impressive characters Marvel has ever pulled off. Just this teen girl who dreams about being a superhero and then suddenly is and how much it changes her world. I love everything about it. And so I I am optimistic here. But if you ask me about which Marvel movie out of the three this year, I'm worried about it is. Well, I shouldn't say three anymore. Uh, Which Marvel movie I'm worried about for the next 18 months. It probably is the Marvels. But then again, a lot of people said the same thing about Captain Marvel before it came out. And that didn't hurt anything at all. It was blockbuster. Yeah. People have forgotten just how spectacularly successful Captain Marvel was as an original. $1.1 billion that movie made. It was very, very successful. And there was a blockbuster in it. I, I agree. See? The nostalgia. There, there was a blockbuster. There was a blockbuster in the blockbuster. That's the other thing about it. We're 25 years past that now, so there is a lot of Carol Danvers' backstory to fill in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I, I'm personally, I was excited when I watched the trailer because I think it's something a little bit more unique and different that Mm -hmm. they're doing with the whole concept of transferring of powers and everything like that. I think that's really fascinating, and that's more of what I want Marvel to do is to try these new things. And that's what I loved about WandaVision. It's what I loved about Loki. Yes. Trying to dive into like different genres and different topics because look, I grew up dressing up as Spider-Man and going to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films at seven years old, little three foot eight Jared. I used to go to those things. Yeah. But, Oh, no way home. (laughs) Must've just been pure. Oh yeah. Opening night. I was just out of my mind excited, but we're not going to talk about nerd Jared. We're going to talk about <laughs> not that. I will say uh, one other thing I'd like to add. My wife, I use as the bellwether for these things. She was absolutely euphoric about the Marvel's trailer, mm-hmm. which is a really good sign for its box office. That's good. Hey, that is that is a good sign. Um, I, I, we gotta we gotta let the producers know. David's <laughs> wife is excited. All right, you're fine. 
the box office is going to be great. It'll be All great. Right. <laughs> so before we wrap up here, um, you know, David, I want to ask you like what, out of all the films we've talked about, obviously Kristen is jazzed up about Haunted Mansion. Jesse is excited about the animated films and Haunted Mansion. Um, obviously, you know, I'll be there opening night for Indiana Jones 5. But like out of all these films we've talked about, Wish, Marvels, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, like is there any one of these films that you're most excited for? Just personally, not not like professionally, we don't. We, <laughs> we've done a, we've done enough, uh, you know, diving into the professionals here, David. Just give us the film that you are most excited for. Look, you don't watch twenty thousand movies unless you're a movie lover. <laughs> so I don't have one answer per se. I know that Haunted Mansion is going to bring Kim, my wife, joy, mm-hmm. and that reason alone makes me happy. She's also an old Owen Wilson film uh, fan, so it's that much better. Love that. Um, Indiana Jones, I, I I cannot wait, but I also want to add, I feel the same way about the Marvels. And then I also think that, you know, Wish, just on paper, that's as pure distilled Disney as you can get. Yeah. So I have the highest expectations for all four of them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what about Kristen and Jesse? I had to pick one of the Indiana Jones. Yeah. Kristen, It'll be Jesse. Jesse, Kristen. Yes, yes. Which, elementals. which elementals and I'm guessing haunted mansion. Kristen? Yeah. I think that's probably the, the one that I'm most, most excited about. What are your second choices? Haunted mansion. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, Kristen, you have to think. Yeah. I have to think, I have to be honest. I'm not a big movie person and I, for no other reason than like, I have two young kids and you know, I'm in that stage of my life where like, if me and my husband wanted to go to a movie, there's like, you got to find a sitter or we're seeing a family movie, you know? So it's like, we do wait when (laughs) we were talking about the Pixar movies that were being sent straight to streaming. That was lovely. Like I, I'm all about that. Cause then I don't have to, (laughs) you know, take everybody out of the house. Like, you know, and so we do a lot more of that streaming thing. So I sadly don't get to see a lot of movies like when they first come out because you know, Neither do I. The, the logistics of finding a sitter at this point in our lives. You know, my kids are still little. They're eight and five. So it's it's a little trickier for us. So that's why I really have to, like, think about where I do want to spend that precious, precious time seeing a movie. I don't think I get to, I think, <laughs> at this point Did in my life. Did you go see Nintendo? Uh, excuse We're me. Going you go see Super Mario Brothers? We're going to. We're going to. Because they they definitely, like I said, we they brought out that old Super Nintendo box. And they're really into it. So that we'll all go see together. But, yeah, I think I'm probably only going to get out of the house to see one of them. And then we'll probably see Elementals all together, honestly. We'll, I mean, we'll go I that. haven't been to a movie theater and seen an actual movie in a movie theater in like a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I haven't in three days and it's been a long time. So <laughs> I get it. it's been a rough three days because... I am, no. <laughs> I'm definitely more of a shows and streaming person. I get really antsy sitting in a spot for a long time. I Jesse, enjoy there's like movie. a movie theater literally like you could walk to from your house. To- literally, literally, it's in the parking <laughs> lot. And I, right I've, lived, I've lived here for almost three years and I've never been there. Oh, my god! It's gosh. literally right there. Like, it's like. I know. We looked at houses in Orlando during the pandemic and the place we almost lived was Margaritaville. And one of the drawing parts of it was the fact there was a movie theater right there. Right in there. the neighborhood. Yeah. And I was like, well, that really is my wheelhouse. So I can't I believe it. you don't take advantage of it. Look, I, I'm the same way, David. I I have always, like, since I moved to Orlando, I've never really lived farther than, like, 10 minutes away from a movie theater. Um, and almost every Marvel film, I'm there opening night. Um, and then there's other films. I'm also there for opening night. I was there for opening night for Avatar. But that was more for the spectacle. So I wanted to watch it in IMAX. Um, don't recommend it for IMAX 3D, by the way, if you uh, get vertigo. That's what I learned. No, I would probably uh, get really like motion sick yeah, and that, vertigo. That was I tough. have that too. So yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, it's all right. We, we learn our lessons. But regardless, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, David. Yes, thank uh, you. We, had, we had just as much fun with you the second time as we did the first. As I said earlier, if you guys do want to check out that episode, uh, obviously – Everybody knows Bob Iger's back now, but if you want to, if yeah. you want to go dive deep into what it all meant and how yeah. it all happened, see which of our hot takes now look cold. Yeah, <laughs> see, see how wrong 
Jared was. That's usually <laughs> what I do. When I tell people to go back and listen to a previous episode, unless we're talking about Avatar, because I, I hit the shout out to David for giving me that little uh, shout out. Appreciated that. But anyways, for all of you guys, if you guys are new to this podcast, please do hit that subscribe button. Uh, definitely give us a rating if you can on Apple Podcasts. For example, you can give us a rating and we always enjoy reading those reviews and those ratings. Um, if you want to support Mickey Blog, head over to the Mickey Blog website, but also Mickey Blog is all over social media. So check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and everything else. We are now releasing YouTube videos once a week. We got content on our social pages every single day. And new episodes of the Mickey Blog podcast drop every single Friday. So get excited about all that fun stuff or fun jazz, as I like to say on this <laughs> podcast. Yep. And uh and until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.